What is up, guys? Welcome into the Creed of Crypto podcast, where we provide immersive, essential, and evergreen strategies for the novice cryptocurrency investor. How you doing? I'm one half of your host, Broke Boy Crypto. I have here with me, as always, back from the hex cruise, my friend and co-host, Crypto Ewok. We are going to see how he is doing post-cruise. Uh, he took a bit of a beating. Spoiler alert. We're going to get to exactly the details of that here soon. Um, but we, we've got a lot to get into. We just had two weeks off, or a week off anyway, I should say. Uh, no show last week as Ewok was on the cruise, so I took a week off myself as well. And a lot has happened since that time. We've got a lot to talk about in the world of Hex and Richard Hart, obviously. A lot to talk about in the world of crypto as a whole. We had the FOMC meeting today for what weight that really does carry at this point. We'll get into it and discuss how much we think it does. Uh, BTC, where it's at right now, the greater crypto market. It is still 2023. It is May, as you see in the thumbnail, May Day. Do we have Pulse Chain dropping this month? May has been the month that everybody is calling for. So we... Shall see, and we'll discuss that in detail tonight. But first off, Ewok, fresh back from the cruise. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm fighting off a cold. Um, immune system got attacked. <laughs> a little uh, partying rough. too hard down there. No, not partying too hard. It was the, the travel back, you know, flights canceled, rental cars to get to different airports and uh, lots of drama, but made it back. Here we are. Happy to be back, actually, and uh, you know, get back into the swing of things. That's why I'm with vacations too, or you know, especially something like a cruise with how many different connects and things that you had to do. I'm just, I'm, I'm not a good vacation guy. I'm not very pleasant on vacation. It's hard for me to relax, so I love to get back into the swing of things. Those first couple days are obviously kind of a bitch, but just yeah. just getting back into it, getting back into the routine. You were just telling me like catching up on a lot of crypto stuff today. Um, yeah, but glad to have you back. And I, I guess I, we won't lead off with it, but I want to get into some of the more details of the Hex Cruise here as we get into the show, because, you know, there's a lot to talk about there, not just, you know, the happenings of the cruise you went to yourself, but specifically just the stickiness of the community of Hex, why, you know, why that's a big reason that it does do so well and a, a reason that maybe people that are not invested in it yet here in this uh I think start of next crypto bull cycle will gravitate towards it because of the stickiness of the community, which you don't have a lot of communities like that in crypto. So right. um, we, we are going to get there as well. Um, but yeah, let's start off number one with uh, BTC. And if you guys are here and uh, you've seen the stream before, anytime you're enjoying it tonight, hit the like. We appreciate you being here as well. Um, we're going to get into FOMC in a minute. We had the Fed, of course, do the 25 uh, point rate hike again today, which is what we've seen the last couple. What does that mean? Do we care? We're going to get there in a moment. Mm. But first off, just looking at BTC and the market as a whole, we do have Bitcoin at you know pretty volatile the last couple of days, just leading into the FOMC meeting. But was down at just below twenty eight k is about the lowest I saw, but now up over twenty nine again. It's been up, it's been down, it pumped a little bit again off of the news today, as most people were pricing in that twenty five base point hike. So, um, yeah, what do we got? We got ETH sitting at a little over 1900, 1905. And HEX has been pumping back up today after some pretty big dumps over the last few days. It is backing up well over six cents. We are at about 6.2 cents. It was just below five cents the other day. So if you snagged that, probably a pretty good buy. 
Yeah, 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 good job for sure. Although we're gonna get into that price action too. But how are you looking at all this? You watch just um some of the volatility with everything over the last couple of days. You can kind of take it whatever direction you want to, but kind of looking like you know, again, um, baby steps here in 2023, but we are on our way out of the bear market and into a new cycle. Um, you know, the market doesn't seem to be that affected by these adverse conditions with rate hikes and things like that anymore at this point. But uh, what do you think about where we're at right now? Well, especially with Bitcoin, we've been in this channel for, you know, since, I guess, what, Mar or March, so almost two months of just choppy, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in the same channel. I, I, I don't see anything to change that right away. Um, especially with, you know, the market uncertainty still, um, you know, that could change definitely with Hex, though, uh, with BTC and Ethereum, though, um, you know, both playing around in these channels, I don't see that changing for a little bit. It could be choppy, um, but obviously, you know, we're waiting for the pulse chain news that could rocket things or or dump things who knows or the opposite yeah. yeah exactly you know we keep thinking that the better the news the, that the price goes up higher but you know the more theories that come out with people doing things and you know why was there a massive sell-off here getting so close and you know the one thing i heard was well they're the whales are trying to control the ratio um to keep it lower so that when it does launch that the ratio between hex and pulse are um, a little bit closer. So, you know, there's another theory. It's just, it's one of those things. It's just very, very hard to say of why things are doing what they're doing, but you know, we could stay in this, this channel for a little while, at least with Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, as for hex, it's going to be very dependent on the news. Pulse chain. Yeah. And and to further your point, we're going to get into it um, even more specifics here in a bit. But yeah, that that idea that you just had about hex dumping, you know, and I don't think it's anything like a tinfoil hat conspiracy thing at all. I think it's actually kind of a normal thing to say um, that yeah, there could be some whale behavior or someone someone out there um, contributing to the dump of the price as we go into pulse launching. And you know, those of you watching might say, is that not counterintuitive? We thought things would be going the other way. Why wouldn't there be a pump? We're going to get to that because I think that's one of the more interesting conversations we're going to have tonight. There's a lot of theories on that. So I'm um, glad you mentioned that, Ewok. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, we're basically just right there with Bitcoin and Ethereum. This is what 2023 is going to be. We've talked about this many times. This is an accumulation year. Uh, we're in May now, the beginning of May. So, hey, we're almost halfway through this year, um, you know, or at least. A, a little over a third of it through about a third of it through anyway. So um, yeah, there's going to be some action this year, but you're not going to see any kind of crazy price action. Remember these prices on a lot of what are likely your favorite assets are still severely depressed. I mean, if we're below 80, 85, 90% on some of these coins off the top, which many of them are, <laughs> that's still a great buying opportunity. So don't feel like you're late. If you are just maybe getting around to the market now, you won't be late for about another year, year and a half or something like that, if not more. So um, turning our attention to the boring thing, I want to get this out of the way because this these things are mattering less and less. <laughs> because no time. one cares? No one cares. No uh, one cares. And, and, in crypto anyway. I should right. qualify that. In crypto, nobody go. cares. Yeah, we had the um, uh, Drum Pal FOMC meeting today. They did what the market pretty much had priced in already and were predicting the 25 point rate hike, which 
you know, whoop, like I said, whoopee. We already saw the market slightly pump off of the news. As always, though, the devil is in the details. It's not just about what the number was. It's what Powell kind of said afterwards and what's in their more expanded statement, which I do think there are some intriguing things are. Um, we know what's going to happen here. Uh, more small banks are going to go under, you know, with with the continued tightening of these rates. Bigger banks are going to get bailed out. This is what the government does. More money is going to be printed and crypto is going to greatly benefit. That's just kind of the, the recipe that we've had the last few years. This country, you know, the United States, I should say, uh, doesn't know how to operate without just spending money like a drunken sailor. So that's what we're going to continue to see happening. Um, just to finish off on this, and I want to go to you, Ewok. Uh, basically, Powell said in his statement, they, they actually removed this quote from the statement. They've been saying this in every single one of these meetings, but they removed the quote ongoing rate hikes from the like post-game press conference, whatever you want to call it. Um, so they weren't acknowledging that they were necessarily continuing to do rate hikes. Um, also, Powell said a decision on the pause was not made today. So, of course, he's not going to say, yeah, we're going to pause at the June 14th meeting. He's not going to come out and say that. Um, but, uh, it seems as though we may be on the precipice of that. I mean, we're already very close to them pausing and maybe pivoting. Um, again, we've got almost six weeks until the next meeting. So what do you make of this today? How much does it really mean to you short and long-term in crypto and on a macro level too, like just looking at kind of legacy finance and some of the other markets? One of the interesting things that he said, uh, that you didn't, touch on well you kind of did but uh was the consolidation he said he mentioned when he was did you watch did you watch it at all i saw some clippings now i didn't okay. really watch him too much so he said i forget how many years ago it was when he started in in government things that there were over um 15 000 banks or thirty thousand banks or something like that they're down to fourteen thousand. Um, so banks have been consolidating for years and years, um, and they're still doing it. You know, one of the things is that, um, when you have more banks out there, the smaller community banks, things like that, they can't control it. <laughs> you know, they can't, again, it's the government that needs that control of what's going on. That's kind of what the federal reserve does. Um, so they do these things to, put them under uh, so that the mm. bigger banks buy them, they get more centralized um, and they have more control over what's going on. So, you know, don't be surprised in, in five or 10 years to see again, half of that number of banks actually existing um, or at least being owned by another company, you, you know, a bigger, mm -hmm. a bigger company, they may keep the, the smaller name, but, be, still be owned by somebody else. Uh, that's one of the things I found fascinating. Uh, but I, I still, I, I could see one more. I could really see one more. He didn't seem sold um, that the, you know, the rates the things that are happening now are pretty much based on what they did in, I don't know, December, January, maybe January, February. Um, so I, I could still see another 25 point rate hike um, before, a pause uh just my opinion um who knows you know how things will play out uh but yeah i mean <laughs> the interesting another interesting thing was he said how strong that the job market still is uh basically 
what he didn't say was we're trying to kill it, but uh, yeah, it's not dying, <laughs> but it's not dying. Uh, job yeah. markets are still strong. And, um, you know, I think it's going to take a little bit longer for that reason. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting kind of conundrum. And, you know, what you just illustrated is exactly what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, if, if anybody remembers the episode from a few weeks ago. So yeah, June 14 is the next FOMC meeting. I remember specifically saying that by the July one, which I should, I should pull the schedule back up, but I believe there is another one in July and we both speculated about them like definitively pivoting by then. So, or at least they would have had, they would have paused by then anyway. Um, so yeah, that, and that would be in line with what you just said, you know, maybe we could see one more 25 point hike in June. And then a pause after that. Um, yeah, I, I would be really, really surprised if after June we were seeing any more hikes after that. I mean, there was already so much drama, <clears throat> you know, the last time around in May and even the meeting before that when we saw these quote unquote crypto banks going down. You know, when we started to actually see banks going down, that was when everybody was like, all right, you got to stop doing this stuff. You know, mm -hmm. um, they, they, they've still raised interest rates since then. Um, but yeah, there's just no more real wiggle room here. They're, they're going to have to stop. Uh, I think we'll probably see more fallout of that through like major news with banks and the banking crises here in the next few weeks. We'll probably see more and more things like that. <clears throat> just kind of the nature of things. But yeah, I'm with you. Ewok. I, I'm not going to say right now, I think they will definitely do a rate hike the next time around. And I, I know what you mean. Like Powell always is going to him, ha. Yeah. And play both sides of the fence a bit. He all, you know, it's kind of like uh, the the responsible, uh, you know, uh, yeah, he, not that he is, but the responsible father figure, you know, say, well, you know, you don't want to go too far. So he's never going to admit that they're not going to raise interest rates anymore. So he's going to give himself that that wiggle room. Um, that said, yeah, I, I could see them doing one more. Um, how do you think this affects the crypto market? Because at this point, like you said, it doesn't seem like it's going to at all. It's kind of just made up its mind that we're going where we're going. And if anything, um, I guess, you know, we have this, maybe I just do, but people had this uh, bias that how does the, how do these macro things affect the crypto market in a negative way because of how bad 2022 was? Well, now I think we probably need to shift that prism a little bit and see how it could affect them in a positive way. Because again, we are going to see banks, um, that the government is in bed with and they're going to want to bail them out. And more and more money printing like that means assets like crypto get money pumped into it. So what do you think about that? And how do you think that could really shape us up? I guess for the rest of this year anyway. Well, we hope that that's where the money flows anyway into the crypto markets. Um, I guess it really depends on which banks and which assets happen to, to falter um, to really depend on where that money goes you know, the interest rates are still pretty high. So, you know, back when it was 0%, there was a lot of free money out there that could just go anywhere into these markets. Um, I, I don't think the crypto market is the first choice for a lot of people. Uh, right. you, you know, so I, I still think it's going to be quite a choppy year. Um, you know, ups and downs, bull flags, bear flags, uh, you know, um, uh, yeah, I don't see I don't see it getting a nice run until late, maybe October, November, especially if they pause in in June. Um, I think that's mm -hmm. about the delay 
uh, you know, you could see a final capitulation then and then have it to kind of take off because we will see a, a, a final capitulation down uh, somewhere before it goes. It usually does that anyway. So, yeah, it, it could be a boring five, six, seven months here, I think. You know, just a bunch of choppiness. I think you're right as far as the price goes. Yeah, I think it will be boring as far as the price, but we haven't been short of crypto stories here anyway um, as the year has gone on. And of course, anybody that's watching this show or is in tune with what's going on in DeFi and real crypto knows that there's other big things coming as well. So we're going to get into some of that action here too. But yeah, I, yeah. I think we're basically looking until early 2024 until we start to see some real like, okay, yeah, yeah the, things are heating up here. You know, and then, and then depending on what the SEC decides to do, if they get their head out of their ass um, mm -hmm. and decide to actually define a, a digital currency or a digital asset, whatever, um, you know, this could be, this could be a very important bull market as well. You know, <laughs> Because I think there will be a lot of regulations that happen during that time within the next couple of years. So uh, just keep an eye out for that too. This this may be a you know everyone's final chance to at least get some of those massive gains that we're kind of used to seeing. I know what you mean. Yeah, it could be. You know, I think we're still in this big crypto bubble for a while. But I agree with you that I think you know the days of the wild west are not going to last forever. And that's something mm -hmm. that people do need to realize, um, which is why it's so advantageous to identify what's good to invest in right now, in your own opinion. Let me ask you this, just full stop, uh, kind of a rapid fire here. BTC 40K in 2023, do you think it gets there? I think it touches that. I think okay. it takes a while. Yeah, me too. That's not so boring. I mean, you know, getting to 40K within this year, that's that's another good leg up and you well, know, we're already been, at 30 we are but i mean uh, we haven't really been trading far over 30 at all like there haven't been multiple days closing over 30 um i think like around 38 if i remember there might have been like a lot of kind of support and stuff so i, th I think 40 i think 40 is probably i don't know well, what's the max you think btc could trade at this year i mean do you see something like 50 this year because mm -hmm. I, I don't think i could see that uh, I don't, not by the end of the year. Um, I don't think, nah, I, I don't think so. I think, yeah, I mean, you're looking at this, this level, this is one of the support levels here, which is right at 3940. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then up into this channel, which is about 48. So I, I would say somewhere in there by the end of the year, if, if it starts to take off, you know, again, I think it really depends on when they pause. Um, I, Cause I remember Richard saying something like, you know, after the pause, you know, the, the bottom of the market is truly about six months after that. Now, right. That's most of the, the, the financial markets, not necessarily crypto, but you know, they have been mirroring it somewhat. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to see how that plays out. But yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think we could, I think we could hit 40 by the end of 2023. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that too. I think that's probably a, uh, a modest, you know, positive scenario. So, yeah. um, 
I want to transition into something you kind of alluded to. Speaking of Gary Gensler and the SEC here, we're going to get to them and the fun that's going on with them here in a moment. But if you guys are here and enjoying the stream so far, hit the like, subscribe to whatever channel you're watching. I am Broke Boy Crypto. This is Crypto Ewok. We do this every single Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, what did Ren say there? 2023 is our last chance to what? To buy crypto at their lowest prices, at least for the next yeah. bull. Yep. Exactly. And that's why people need to be, if you are here right now, or if you're just getting in now, that that's kind of the great catch 22 is a lot of the people that are going to be participating in this next bull cycle aren't even here yet. So yep. Um, yep. They, they won't be buying at these prices. But if you are here now, even if you miss the lows of 2022 um, and you're catching it on the leg up and the swing up here, you're definitely not too late. I mean, we are still right there. Maybe you didn't get to buy two cent hex. Maybe you didn't get to buy, um, I don't know what else was out there. I mean, everything. I mean, <laughs> like we've talked about before, you can throw a dart basically and do really well right now. So. $800 ETH. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was $800. That, yeah, that was actually some. That was almost a year ago, man. Do you believe yeah, that? That was June I know. of last I know. year. Crazy. Crazy almost a year. 15K Bitcoin, you know. Yeah. We're coming up on Terra Luna. Um, anniversary. anniversary. Yeah. Anyway, if that's what you want to call it. Yeah, I remember... I remember that day, man. Like, I remember it because that was like the first, I think we really went below 30K like in earnest. And um, yeah, it, one of these days in May, we just had this colossal red candle and it was just the confirmation like, yeah, things are going down and it's not going to be a great yep. year. So, <laughs> and, and to touch on Clifton's, Clifton Lewis says, you know, great mm -hmm. to be here. ETH gas prices are worse than inflation. I, I, worse than the inflation, I think you meant. But uh, yeah, the gas prices have been just out of control. 70, 80, 100. Um, I saw, yeah, I saw over 100 the other day, 117, I think it was. Yeah. Just been out of control. Pulse chain can't get here fast enough. That is correct. And we're going to touch on probably quickly, but one of the reasons I think those Gwei prices have been so terrible um, here shortly. But yeah, it, <laughs> either way, either way. I mean, yeah, the gas prices on ETH for a long time have been a problem. Gone are the days. I mean, last December, it was phenomenal. I was doing all kinds of stuff on ETH at that time at like 10 Gwei and stuff, but we are not there anymore. So nope. um, let's get in real quick to so this story. And I do love, you know, Coinbase. Love them, hate them, necessary evil, whatever you want to say. Brian Armstrong, same thing. We've talked about Coinbase in the past, Ewok, and how of all the major exchanges, they've kind of, other than like Binance, they, they've withstood the test of time. You know, there are a couple of cycles in now. And a main point in their favor, and again, you can shit on them or feel negative about them all you want with this, but they, from the beginning, have been trying to get clarity with the SEC. They are trying to work with the SEC. And I understand, you know, that's like um, flirting with the enemy or whatever you want to say. But in this market, if you feel that some kind of regulation is inevitable, which I think if you're smart, you should feel that way, then you want to get out in front of it and you want to understand, you want to work with them, you know, the best way that you can, because it's certainly this technology and the, the, this mode of investing isn't going away. So I love what Coinbase is doing here. Now, it's one thing to say, hey, we're going to we'll, we'll play your game. We want to. uh figure out what your stance is on things. Well, then you've got the enforcers, the SEC and Gary Gensler, not giving you any clarity. So it's kind of, what are you going to do in this scenario? So we're trying to play your game. We're, we're you know, we're, we're trying to make sure that we're compliant. We want clarity from you. You won't provide us that clarity. So 
Coinbase goes on the offensive and sues the SEC, which mm-hmm. I think, hey, offense, good defense is a good offense or whatever they say. Um, but yeah, so basically the quote, this wasn't Brian Armstrong, but I forget who from Coinbase, but I read this the other day. Um, so to propose and adopt rules to govern the regulation of securities that are offered and traded via digitally native methods, um, again, go on the offensive. And it's funny because there were just headlines back in March of the SEC suing Coinbase. Um, so it's funny that we actually have this happening, but what do you make of this move from Brian Armstrong and Coinbase going on the offensive? And I, I, I think it's a good idea. They, they have to get clarity and Gensler. We saw it. We talked about it on our last episode. Um, you know, literally shaking when asked directly, is it, are you identifying Ethereum as a commodity or security? Would not answer the question. So it, what do you make of this? Yeah, it, it's crazy. I, I don't understand why they, and you know, I sent you an article too, how, uh, the SEC is they're backtracking. They won't even um, they they won't even define digital asset because they say we're we're still continuing to look into it. Um, so I'm glad they're doing what they're doing. Um, I I don't know that the SEC actually s- sued them. I think I know they sent them a Wells notice. Now I'm not sure right. um, if that is a suit or if there's uh, like I, I'm not sure the the technicals. Uh, of what a Wells notice is, if it is a, a, a formal suit or if it's more of an inquiry uh, to stop. I believe it's just an inquiry. I think it's just their so, standard inquiry. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think they're smart. I think they're smart for getting ahead of it um, and, and putting the heat on them saying, you have to define this stuff. Give us clarity. Tell us what you want. Um, if you want people to follow the rules or if you just want to leave it ambiguous so that you can make examples of people when you feel like it, um, then we're just going to do what we want and we'll pay the fine later. Uh, I, I think I think that's what it's coming down to. And, you know, I, I'm glad they're putting the pressure on them. Somebody has to do it. So, yeah, it's it's good to see it's good to see somebody taking offensive Um you know, at one point, a couple of the guys from Discourse Syndicate uh, said that they wanted to get a, um, you know, a, a ruling ahead of time as well. Uh, but the problem is it costs a lot of money to get the lawyers to sit down with the SEC to to determine whether it's a, um, a you know, a, a commodity or, or security. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But hopefully Coinbase can start a a trend and some of the others follow along. We get that way. We can get an answer. We know what you just said is exactly what it is. The reason that Gensler and the SEC don't want to give an answer is so they can continue to enforce whatever they want on anybody. Like the whole thing is ambiguously worded and a word salad. So they can take advantage of any opportunity they want against anybody. That's kind of the whole point. And, uh, you know, they, they want to keep it that way. Um, but I think at some point they're going to just have to be backed into a corner where they're going to have to do something. And there's so much heat on Gensler right now. I mean, this is the other thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago. We've got uh, Warren Davidson, um, the Republican representative. I, I think he's a member of the House. Yeah, he's a uh, member of the House um, from Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking to just restructure the way the SEC is, get rid of Gensler, get rid of the idea of even having like a head of the SEC and have more of a panel type situation. Right. Um, obviously, the Minnesota guy, uh, Emmer, is all about that. And then we had, forget the, the bow tie gentleman uh, that was mainly questioning him on the Ethereum thing. 
Uh, I forget him. T- I forget what his name was too. But yeah, you know, it's good to see those guys putting pressure yeah. on. Yeah, they, they're seeing that. You know, not but you know, believe it or not, what you may see on the news and everything, like um, the certain Democratic politicians are not. They're not going to have their way in terms of like banning crypto, assembling an anti-crypto army, and all, all this clown stuff that you're hearing. You know that people realize, like the grown-ups, the adults actually within the government realize that this this isn't going away because it can't go away. You don't stop it. It's not something that goes away. You know, um, right. look at how the drug war went. You know, um, so it, it, it's there. It's something they're going to have to learn to work with and not against. And that is a two-way street. And, uh, you know, kudos to Coinbase for, you know, going on the offensive, because if you don't get any clarity, there's no way you can operate appropriately. So yep. exactly. Yeah. So I love it. So um, good stuff there. We'll certainly see how that situation develops. If you guys are in here and enjoy the stream, hit the like. We appreciate you stopping in here and we are going to head into the next part here. So this is going to get interesting. We're getting into the DeFi. We're going to get into the hex stuff. Um, so let's get into this hex price. So this, this is the tinfoil hat conspiracy thing, whatever you want to call it. I don't really think that we're dealing with any kind of a real conspiracy thing here, but Ewok, you kind of let off the show with it when we were looking at the price charts. So, all right, you see the thumbnail, we're talking about May, will Pulse Chain be out this month? This is the month that many, many people suspect that this thing is coming out. Um, so there's a lot of interesting things happening with the hex price in response to that, I think most people have thought all along, or the narrative had been, oh, yeah, well, obviously it's going to pump to the high heavens whenever this thing is about to launch. Well, we saw a pump up well over a little bit over 12 cents live yeah. when we were on air when the testnet V3, that's not the most recent one, that's two test nets ago. And that was the first test net that we had had in a year, I guess, at that point it would have been. I, I don't know. Um, but the hex price went crazy. We've seen it kind of, you know, dump essentially since then. And especially over the last few days, it was just below five cents. Now, again, bouncing off that, which has been a level of support getting up over six cents right now. Multiple people, smart people speculating that um, we would see a dump around Paul's launch. We already saw a huge pump off the V3, like I said. Is the dump prior to the launch a coordinated Effort, I guess I would say. And do, do you think this is a what, what? How do you classify this Ewok? Do you think this is a bad thing? Do you think this is a good thing, and why? Good question. Um, well, first off, is it a coordinated effort? What What do you think is happening here? Is this just organic? You know. Yeah, I think it's organic. I I think it's a combination of a couple things. Um, I think there are people that don't follow social media a whole lot that have bought in maybe and they're not in the 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 twitter and the telegram and the groups and the um so they may not know exactly what's going on um although if you're whale if you're a whale like that and you've got that much like millions and millions to to dump uh, you would think you would check on it, right? Like, what's the status here before I go dump a bunch of coins? Um, or or maybe they're just so in profit already because they bought so early uh, that they needed it for a different investment. Uh, I, I'm just, I, I'm really not sure, man. I, I, it confuses me uh, because, again, we've both speculated that the closer we get, the price would run up, the excitement would happen, um, kind of creating its own FOMO, 
Um, and, and we're just, we're not seeing that. So uh, then the speculation comes into play uh, that we were talking about, a, you know, a little bit ago. And they think they want to, you know, whales play whale games. Um, and they can kind of control the price. So maybe they want that ratio lower so that they can control it a little bit more when Pulse Chain does launch. Um, and maybe they'll just buy it right back up. So, yeah, I, I just I don't know what to think. I, it confuses the crap out of me because, you know, again, I had foreseen more of a pump. I thought we would make it probably to 20 cents. Uh, by the time Pulse Chain launch, but you know, currently it doesn't appear that way. So, so my take on it is this: I, I yeah. So there, are obviously, <clears throat> anytime a price moves this much, yeah, there can be some whale activity for sure. And either way, big wallets. You know, obviously, this is crypto. We don't know who every single wallet is, or really any of them. But um, I do think that we are seeing something that might not be just normal, totally organic stuff. I think that if you think about these two scenarios, so with Pulse Chain on the precipice of, of launching, supposedly, we imagine here, um, we already saw that huge pump off V3, which I think that would be expected, like just a V3 announcement like that of the test net um, with so little news prior to that. And really, the only pump in 2023 was just off of, you know, the market kind of turning around. You know, we saw it go from 1.8 cents to what, maybe like five or six or so, right around where we are now before yeah. that V3 announcement. And then we yep. just saw like this huge, huge pump. Yeah. So I think that it would make sense instead because, it, hey, we know what everybody's plan is. I mean, we already know this. When Pulse Chain launches, everybody wants to acquire Pulse. That's that's We know this. We've had polls run by myself and way, way larger accounts. You hear people talk about it all the time. Pulse is the thing everybody wants to accumulate because many of these people missed the sacrifice phase for Pulse, which was two years ago almost. Okay, right. We have to remember at this point, which is an eternity in crypto. And they, if they were in on either sacrifice phase a year and a half ago, almost they were in on the Pulse X sacrifice mm -hmm. uh, in like January 2022. So um, we know because people have said it, unless they're all getting together and lying mutually, yeah. um, that we're going to see an E hex sell off. We might see a P hex sell off of whatever they have over there, whatever that will be in dollar terms or ratio trading, whatever to buy Pulse. So we know that's what everybody wants to do. That's going to be like the scarcest asset right out of the gate. Um, wouldn't it make sense though, because you know, you're suspecting that everybody's going to dump all this E-Hex too, um, to have Ethereum Hex dump going into the launch. So it's already kind of at a low depressed point. Then when the launch happens, for the two to reach parity, hex on Ethereum, hex on Pulse Chain, have them kind of pump up together. You know, don't you think maybe that would be from a kind of optics and look way and just kind of healthiness of the overall, I guess, symbiotic nature of the two networks, basically? Don't you think that would be better than, okay, eHex went all the way up here and now it's just crashing and everything's moving to Pulse Chain? I mean, I don't know. I just, to me, I think that would be interesting to have them kind of pump up together from the bottom instead of seeing this massive sell off like that. Yeah, I, I could totally see that too. You know, but we've talked 
a lot of times about how arbitrage bots will probably take over. Um, and within, you know, not too long, I think we could get parity anyway. Uh, it, it'll happen much faster, obviously, if the price is lower um, because of the excitement on Pulse Chain, where that'll be where the majority of it is, especially if these gas prices stay the way they are. Um, you know, Ethereum, the EHEX, uh, will only be the rich man's playground because the 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 smaller investors are not going to be able to afford uh, some of those unstake fees, you know, even mm -hmm. if at a couple of years, uh, let alone 15. So yeah, I think, um, that makes a lot of sense too, is just they, somebody wants to see parity happen faster. And, um, you know, unfortunately when it launches though, they're not going to be able to pump, you know, you're going to have to pump each side, not, not just one and have it split. So yeah, I, very 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 possible i think it is possible and i think people need to get comfortable with this and I, I can say this to i'm blue in the face i don't think anybody's going to do it because again if what you don't have is pulse you're going to go after pulse but um and I, it'll be hard for me i'll say this too um to go against the grain and buy up potentially ehex buy more pulse x yeah you know, upon launch that the, the ones that are, you know, if whatever you get more depressed prices on, or if the ratio gets crazy between Pulse and Pulse X, getting into the one that is at a crazy discount. Yeah. And, you know, you can have this idea. I mean, you can have like a pre-launch um, portfolio idea in your head of like, I want to have 20% Pulse, 20% Pulse. You can have that, but what's the point of buying some, I mean, <laughs> there's a, a huge point in buying any of this stuff so early. Let's not kid ourselves, but right, why right. not buy the thing that is more depressed? Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah. Pick up what's on sale. I mean, <laughs> just keep an eye out for, for the, the prices and how things are moving and, and do the opposite. Uh, I think that's a, a great strategy for the first two months, probably uh, because they're all going to have cycles, you know, once people see that that low price is, is happening, then it's going to flip back the other way. I, I really think it's going to flip flop many times uh, to see where the discount actually is. Yes. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, keep in mind as we do get, you know, I don't know if there's going to be a point this month that we are talking about pulse chain mainnet, but if there is, Remind everybody Ewok about, you know, there's going to be FOMO. There, it's just it's going to happen. I mean, people are going to do dumb stuff the first week, whatever. Can't stop it. But tell everybody about Hex launch. I mean, talk about what the low was for Hex after launch, um, how the precipitous drop kind of occurred, and how far out past launch that was. Just to give people an idea that, you know, be careful those first few days. Don't get yourself wrecked. People are going to do it again with ratio trading and all that stuff. Yeah. I get it. FOMO is tough. But remind everybody, like, you will have a little bit of time when this happens. Yeah, for sure. So I, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, Hex launched at 0. 0.0003 cents, I think. Um, and 33 days later, the bottom was in at 0. 0.00005655. So right. it, it dropped heavily. A zero. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A, a zero and, you know, and then some. So, yeah, it, it took 33 days to hit that bottom. But when it did, 
you know, it never went back. So, right. you know, like I said, that first month is going to be critical. You know, we're going to see a lot of crazy stuff. We're going to see people that have been upset that they've sacrificed and had to wait so long uh, that they may just dump. Um, I, I don't know if it'll launch at sacrifice price or not. Probably not. Um, you know, could go a little bit lower than that. But I, I still see people wanting some of that investment money back uh, because it's been so long. So, yeah, Good pay point. attention. And, and you know, within those first couple weeks, especially, you're going to get discounts on, on different things. Uh, it's the same dollar cost average uh, as we always talk about. You know, keep a little powder aside because, you know, at least for that long, I think it could take that long to hit a floor, maybe even longer now because it's a brand new chain. Uh, there's going to be so many other things on it. Um, so... I think within, you know, 30 days, we, we see a, maybe a bottom between 30 and 45 days. You know, you look at the launch of other coins. Look at, um, yeah. you know, how Ethereum launched. It, it actually went down too. So, you know, do look at some old charts and see and take an average uh, to get an idea of where the, the bottom could be. Um you know, there's a lot more people involved in this one, though, too, than there were Ethereum. So, you know, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of pros. There's a lot of cons that could could either speed it up or slow it down, uh, d depending on, you know, what you're looking for. But, yeah, I, anywhere between 20 and 45 days, I think we could probably find a bottom, and it takes off from there. So... I think that is a smart thing is to look at like some other tokens that have launched. Ethereum's probably a better recommendation than what I was going to say. But just if you wanted to look at more recent history, yeah, and you're talking about more people um, you know, being involved in the launch uh, of Pulse Chain obviously and, you know, a, a way different community than the things I'm talking about. But just some of the things that have happened like over the course of this last year or two um blur this NFT platform, um optimism which is just kind of a useless token for a layer two blockchain that there's a million of, you know, Arbitrum. I guess like what you'll see these things have in common is what Ewok is trying to say is it's not like these things launch and it's just like straight up into the right. That's just mm -hmm. not how it happens. So um, it may look like that upon launch for a little bit, um, but, but be patient. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe you can be less patient with pulse chain as opposed to some of the crap that I'm talking about right now, because it's, crap you know but um it is you know it is something that you want to remember like don't get too crazy on day one so um that kind of leads us to to this and it's something obviously we've been talking about for the last two years but shouting out the thumbnail here um may has been the big thing almost to the point where just kind of the sentiment that i'm seeing out there and um you know Shout out to, to like Breetep or however it's pronounced and some of like, I guess, I don't know if there's other devs actually working on Pulse Chain that are sharing some great information and sharing it with like uh, Havid Hex and all these people and stuff like that. I mean, that stuff is great, but it's, it is contributing to the anticipation of May. You know, I almost feel like it's commonplace that people are like May is when Pulse Chain is launching like definitively. Everybody's been saying it for a very long time. What do you think? We're here now. We're only on the third day. Um, you and I were talking about what if it did actually launch today? Because we've had, if you've been a long-term viewer of this show, Richard Hart seems to like make announcements right before we go on the air, which would be sweet. But what do you think? Um, what if we don't see this thing launch this month? Um, what do you think the chances are that it does? 
feels really close. There's a lot of positive sentiment. What do you think we get here in May? I think if it doesn't launch in May, we see a really nasty dump is yeah. what I think. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw Richard's tweet the other day and he says, you know, when launch and he says soon uh, and then how soon when ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I think we're getting close. I, 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 I've been saying that forever, but I, I really think, you know, just by his his tweets and uh he's getting he's getting more excited about it as well and uh yeah you can just tell um if you've you know been following him for long enough that that the excitement even for him is building uh so yeah i i I still think i think may it's been may all along right he always said mid-may yeah even last year he said mid-may he just didn't say which which may yeah so yeah, I, yeah. I, I still think we're on track. I, I hope. I, I'm not, not developer. I'm not in with any of the special groups or anything like that of getting any information. Uh, just based on what I'm seeing, though. Yeah, I think it's extremely, extremely there, close. Yeah, um, I think basically the the first indicator that Richard was starting to feel like more positive about this and that things were close anyway is whenever he kind of just resurfaced from the the doldrums basically i mean he was kind of dark there for a while i don't remember when it kind of commenced but maybe like fall of last year until somewhat recently i mean what maybe february or so i'm not really sure when that was but when he started to kind of come back to twitter a little bit more and um you know, just kind of give thoughts on like different macroeconomic issues, government issues, you know, very specific pulse chain updates and stuff like that. I think the moment that he started to do that, he must have been thinking, all right, like this thing is far enough along that I'm okay putting myself out there again. And I understand it. Like if I were him too, um, he got tired of the questions, man. <laughs> well, well, not only that, not only tired of it, but like, if I don't have anything to report, I don't want to be out there pretending that right. I have something, you know, it's like insincere to everybody. What am I going to say? Why not just go away? And, and, and I, you know what I like about him that he does in relation to the hex price is he just lets things theoretically. And I don't mean this literally, but like die. He's okay. Just seeing if I just go away, you know, it's like a stress test almost like the, yeah. the end of 2022, he's not really anywhere to be found. Everything's dead. FTX blows up all, all this stuff. Hex is going below two cents, and it's just like, hey, who's going to stick it out and who's not, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, the weekends, he's always talked about hoping Mm -hmm. that the weekends sell. He doesn't want them to sell when it goes higher. Um, So, you know, I I think it's a strategy of his, actually, um, to, to disappear and to let the people that are really worried let him sell. Um, I, and personally, I would rather see them gone too. That way they can't dump on us when it does get to a dollar, you know? Yeah. I think it's a good strategy too, because not only that, but it also slingshots you on the way back up because then, you know, you've got the majority of the people that are left. I mean, if not all are people who, you know, are going to be there and, and they're not selling their bags, you know, and then there's people that sold 
we'll buy back buy higher. Exactly. Yep. They'll buy the bags back at a higher price. So, yep. um, yeah, let the th- let it die as much as you can. Let the people that are not going to hold weed themselves out. Because you were, you were, like I said, stress test, whatever you want to call it. Let the thing separate the wheat from the chaff. Let the thing get bare bones. Er, that way I know everybody that's left are like the true holders. Yeah. You know? um, yep. I agree. Which is really, you know, the total opposite of most of, most of these projects and stuff. Most of them <laughs> most are of them pump and dump. Exactly. Most yep. of them are VC. You know, they bought something at a penny that hits the market at $2 and <laughs> then it dumps to a dollar and whatever. So yeah, never gets back. Exactly. So I, I, I man, I, I'm hoping it's this month. I, I am with you though. I do think that for one reason or another, if not for just the fact that he said may at one point in his life, um, if we don't get it this month, I agree with you. I think there's going to be a massive dump. And, you know, I've seen, I know you're familiar, or I think you're familiar with um, Waters Above. Do you know him? Um, he's been on He's been on with Crypto Coffee. He's been on with, I'm pretty sure, Randy Hilarski. Yeah. Um, Name's and, familiar. I've, I've seen a couple things. Yeah. Um, but he recently was talking about like Hex TA and it was talking about like 3.8 cents, 4 cents is the next big support level. And he thinks we're probably going to go there and he'd say if it doesn't hold that i mean then you're looking at almost like retesting the bear market lows which i don't know if we'll get two cents again randy uh Halarsky even said that too he was like yeah i've been saying we get to two cents again as well now i don't know if they were saying like i don't think waters above would say this because he's just purely looking at ta but you know if we're talking about are you talking about a dump after pulse chain launches are you talking about a dump going into pulse chain you know what what are you going with there? So um, I, I don't know, but there, there are people calling for that. So keep your head on a swivel out there. I posted on the community tab on YouTube the other day that when we went down to five cents, I was certainly interested in buying at that level, but that doesn't mean I don't think it could go down lower again too. Yeah. You know, um, I, I so. think the smartest thing for people to do once it, once it does launch um, is to not sell their Ethereum side. I, I think the, the smart thing is to bridge it over. Uh, if you really want that value over there, you bridge over your your EHEX uh, over to the PHEX side uh, and then transact it. That way, you know, the, the price stays steady uh, on the Ethereum side as well. Just, yeah. just my opinion, but I think that's the, the smarter play. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Just bridge it over the Paul side. I'm with you hundred percent. Um, yeah. So we'll see, we'll see if this thing comes out this month. Uh, all eyes will be on Richard Hart tweets and Havid Hex updates. So yeah, we'll see what we got here. <laughs> um, yeah. Paul, Paul Cinco de Mayo launch. That would be great this Friday. We, we shall see. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, thanks for tuning in August. So, uh, or, yeah, if you guys are here or, or may the fourth, may the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you. I know you're a big uh, Star Wars head, so um, yeah, me not so much. I'm not. I've never really. Uh, I remember when I was a teenager, and hey, if you guys in the chat want to flame me, go ahead and do so all you want. But when I was a teenager, <laughs> um, Episode Two had come out, and some of my buddies dragged me. Now I know that's not considered probably one of the best movies in the Star Wars lore. You could probably educate me on that. But uh, some friends dragged me to it, and I was like, I I don't care about this. I don't like this. So. Um, any thoughts on episode two? Is it considered crap? I don't know. Uh, so episode two would have been like the what the the fifth one in the series, I believe. So four, five, six, one, two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So 
yeah, those ones weren't that great either. I I, I didn't care for those. You know, obviously, okay. uh, Return of the Jedi was the best because that's where the Ewoks came from. So that's my favorite one. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I want to throw this at you because this is something I've been interested in. I've been bitching about it on Twitter and on YouTube and stuff the last few days. You apparently, Ewok, are graced by the gods in terms of this, but I am not. So there's been an update to the Staker app. The second version of the Staker app got an update, which uh, I didn't really think anything was that wrong with the previous one, but uh, they were doing an update to it. And I guess everybody that had the Android version rolled out a few weeks back, um, I think was pretty seamless. I don't know how, I, I personally don't know any Android users because I don't have losers for friends. So <laughs> uh, no, but I, I don't think there was any issues with it, but with the iOS, you apparently as an iOS user say it's totally fine. You haven't had any issues or anything. I am one of the, um, I don't know. I'm one of the less fortunate ones, I guess, that has this big error that everybody's talking about, where basically you head over to the settings screen. It's totally blank. You can't do anything. Unable to import any kind of wallets of any kind. It just kind of freezes on the uh, saving thing. Um, what do you think about this rollout? And yeah, how's it? I, I, I generally, because you and I haven't talked in person for like a week. Um, it, it, so yours is totally fine. Is it working as seamless as always? How do you compare the new staker to the old staker? No, it's not seamless. Um, okay. So a lot of times when I log in, my balances are gone. Um, I do have to go to the wallet tab um, and drag it down two or three times. Let it refresh. Um, and then the numbers come back. So, you know, once that happens, it's fine until you know, until it's not, but yeah, it's not as seamless. Uh, it's a little confusing. It takes a little bit, you know, as with anything new updated, you know, it's going to take a little bit of getting used to when people are used to checking it as often as they did. <laughs> I imagine at one point and then go in there and go bing, ding, 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 you know, see what yeah. you need. Um, but I don't know if it's because I have a, a smart wallet as well. Uh, that made the uh, difference and some people didn't the people that didn't have smart wallets maybe having more difficulty uh so I, again i am not sure the reason um I, I like the look of it. it it's it's different it takes a little bit of getting used to um but um yeah it's yeah it's not seamless anyway okay I, i'm able to see my stakes i'm able to see the the balance i'm able to see my you know different wallets they were already there i didn't have to add anything everything transferred over for me fine um but when i went into the the personal setting uh where it showed the balances i did have to refresh that several times and i occasionally have to do it again so okay you know, again not not seamless but you know it if there's going to be bugs i i don't know why they you know didn't roll out some beta tests first with some people maybe they did and i you know I wasn't invited not that that matters or you know it doesn't hurt my feelings but um i just i don't know how much testing that they did um on a mass rollout type thing 
Well, I will give them this. So it seemed like they were kind of just dark a few days ago. They were probably just working on whatever the issue is with the iOS yeah. one, but they were more active the last couple of days on Twitter. I actually yeah. saw them tweet about this iOS issue today and we're yep. talking to people to say, hey, DM us if you want to take part in a uh, whatever, so, some closed circuit group where they're going to try to fix this issue. So, well, so cool. test test flight is a open uh, source um it's an app that you use uh -huh. and they can give you the link to download every time they update so you can test it um it's just a it, it's an easier way than to to apply for uh a new program through ios uh through right. through apple uh, i'm sure there's a lot of red tape that you have to jump through every time maybe not so much for up, updates and and bug fixes things like that but i think before they roll it out to the general public they want to you know make sure that it, it is working with that test field that that i was saying about earlier i did see that yeah yeah i think that's a perfect way of going about it so hey kudos to them i mean they are being responsive to it now and stuff yeah. like that what i think the bigger point is here and like i you know i little you know i i'm just sitting here pissed because i like to have everything at one spot and i'd like to see where it is you know it's cool that it even exists they don't owe us anything whatever but um when it comes to some of the other weirder stuff i've been seeing there seems to be a contention of people out there and i don't know how you could get to this point but do remember that these apps whether it is like the staker app or even if you don't even have hex and you just have like some generic crypto tracking app or whatever if you open it one day like ewok just said and everything's gone or half your stakes are missing, or the balance is way lower and it's not because the price went down. Do not panic. I've been seeing so many things of people taking that as gospel as if like that is their actual wallet. I mean, in theory, yeah, you plug in your wallet address there. It reflects to you whatever is going on. People have taken drastic measures of panic logging into apps like this, seeing a difference and flipping out. Make yeah. sure you remember like these apps, like we're talking about right now, have issues like you're you're going to have that from time to time that is not your actual wallet so i can't even believe i'd have to say that but if anybody that is actually watching this show has ever you know not realized that do because you need to verify what's actually in your wallet don't just take some tracking apps data yeah. because they're gonna have errors too you know? well and to be honest or to be fair it does kind of suck when you log in and see zeros. <laughs> well, yes. It, whoa. I'm sure uh, it sucks. Yeah. Refresh, refresh, refresh. Oh, okay. There we go. All right. Much better. And it certainly would make me panic for a split second or make me think like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, what's going on here? But, you know, I, 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 I can't verify any of these stories, but I read of people taking like very drastic actions based on what they saw in a tracking app before verifying it. I mean, my first move, if I saw anything like that, pull up your MetaMask. Just go pull up a MetaMask or whatever wallet you may be using and right. verify this stuff first, you know? Yep. Um, so don't just trust it. But yeah, I'm, I'm hearing you. If it's something, we all have this problem of whatever app it is, being glued to our phone, refreshing it a million times a day, having too much screen time. We're all checking that stuff too much, especially if you're in crypto. You're going to be checking those apps, and I understand it. But Wait till the bull market. You'll be checking it every hour. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a whole me. other story then. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a different story for sure. Um, You'll be taking anyway, screenshots all the time. Exactly, and that's when you should sell as soon as you take that screenshot. Yep. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, kudos to the Staker guys. They are working on it now, hope, helping out us poor iPhone folks and uh, trying to get us situated. So 
that is definitely good. Um, if you guys are still here and hanging around, hit the like. We appreciate you watching. We do this every single Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Creed of Crypto podcast. I'm Broke Boy Crypto. That's Crypto Ewok. Real quick, um, before we get into a review of your Hex Cruise, we're going to find out who you spent time with, who you shared a bite with, maybe drank some alcohol, maybe the disaster after your trip, whatever. Um, we're going to get into it all, but um, Pepe. All right, now, I don't even know how much you know of this Pepe token, Ewok. You've been away the last week. Plus, why would you concern yourself with a, another crypto meme coin? But this thing has taken the uh, crypto market and, uh, you know, everybody who, like you mentioned today, shiny object syndrome, um, everybody that uh, has their attention available for rent has had it captured by this Pepe token over the last couple of weeks. Um, we're at the top now, or the top already happened, basically. It's, it, it's the easiest call in the history of crypto possibly i mean you can you, you see the price charts going up you see oh, all coin daily tweeted about it the other day bitboy uploaded how to buy how here's how to buy pepe token it's like all right we're done now you know i yep. saw um what's his name uh george um what's the name of his channel he's been around streaming for years you you know him but i can't remember the name of his channel um so yeah all the big people talking about pepe and everything it's a meme coin it came out of nowhere You've missed it already. Um, uh, I saw somebody say the other day, it's so hard to not FOMO in when like Hex or whatever I'm holding is just doing nothing and hasn't done anything. And this thing keeps going up. The thing is, whenever you notice it at this point, the gains are already gone. There's nothing else you can derive from it. Even if it maybe has another good day or a good week or something like that, you are on borrowed time. And Tell me right now where you saw the Pepe outbreak happening at. You know, who, what behavior could you, you know, without hindsight being 2020 and all this stuff, what behavior in your life, I'm just talking to anybody that might be sore because they didn't ride up Pepe, what action could you have taken to identify this thing, know that it was going to be the mean coin of the month and get these crazy gains? You know, I think it did like a 2000X or something like that. Um, I, I guess he walked, you know, you haven't been around multiple cycles now. Um, you've seen tons of these pieces of shit come and go. You know, how's it going, Chaotic Creations? Um, so, yeah, Johnny, Johnny um, what do you what do you think about that? I mean, like, I, of, avoiding these things that just, like, totally, you know, blow off top out of nowhere mean coins. Like, I, I, you and, I mean, we're trained, obviously, where we're not even going to be distracted by yeah. something like that. But... Uh, apparently, apparently, I don't have shiny object syndrome. I, I mean, I just, I, I don't have it. It doesn't bother me to see these new things come and go. And uh, yeah, I mean, some of them are going to have little gains, but if, for me, it's just not worth it. I see people, I see people dumping hex for this stuff. Um, yeah, it, it just, I, I don't. I just don't understand. And, you know, may, maybe because I know what I have my hands on, uh, what I'm already holding, uh, what the potential is, where it's going to generate more of itself. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me um, why people FOMO the way they do on certain things. Um, but if FOMO is real, you, you know, and you just have to have a little bit of self-control and understand that the there's many good things to come for for where we're already sitting anyway. So mm -hmm. that I don't know. It just it baffles me. Um, 
to, to see some of these crazy things. But you're right. You, you know, if, if it made a 2000X, it, it's done. Uh, don't waste mm-hmm. your money now because it's probably going to dump. Uh, all the people that did get in early are going to take those profits and it may never, ever go back up. It's just not worth the risk. It's definitely not. And I, I'm with you. I, I guess I don't have the shiny object syndrome either, but th- that's the thing that you have to do. You have to pare down your focus and decide like, you know, you have to understand what actually good crypto is. And that's why we do talk about hex and a lot of DeFi and things like that, because it's, you know, actually what crypto is. Now there can be other DeFi projects that are good, bad, whatever, but you need to pare down and decide what it is you actually believe in. So you're not distracted by stuff like this. And actually something that can help you save yourself a bit is if you do have some kind of like a little play money moon bag thing, if you want to mess around with DJ and stuff like this, go ahead. Um, but you just can't call this stuff. Like I said, what behavior could you have taken differently to make sure that you caught Pepe out of nowhere in this like kind of accumulation dead zone in 2023? Yeah. I mean, how could you do that? Yeah. And Johnny brings up a good point. You know, you you don't hear about all the losers. You hear about those couple people that did make the 2000X. They're going to scream from the rooftop. um, But all the ones that lost everything else, you don't hear about those. So, you know, the horror stories are are, are never as bad as they really are. The ones that are out there, you just don't hear about them. So, you know, Uh he does bring up a good point there. And, you know, again, a lot of us in the hex community know what we have our hands on and uh, have become kind of immune to, to some of these things, but yeah, I, I'd stay away from them. I, like I said, we've got way too uh, much of, of a future here with, with the RH ecosystem to, to kind of go away from it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. You can't recreate something like that. You can't second guess yourself or figure out why didn't I catch that? It's just, those things aren't going to happen. So, you know, move on. It's part of the entertainment of crypto. Stuff like that's going to pop up every now and then. But hey, do a quick search of just like crypto on YouTube right now. You're just going to see a bunch of uh, O faces. And I don't mean like that kind of O face, but a bunch of like, you know, cri- yeah, yeah, just like Pepe did what? I mean, it's all that you're going to see. So um, anytime you see that with anything, you know, Arbitrum, different story a little bit, but like that was the new layer two flavor of the month for the yep. last couple of months. Every single influencer talking about Arbitrum. Oh, yeah, it's one of the core portions of my portfolio. Like anytime you're seeing stuff like that. You've already missed it. You've already missed it. Exactly. Yep. Great point. So, um, so yeah, that's the DJ stuff. And, oh, I was alluding to earlier when you guys were talking about the gas fees and stuff. I think Pepe was a large portion of some of the stuff we've been seeing over the last few weeks. It's just, again, been a fever pitch type thing. So hopefully, hopefully gas prices do calm down a little more. And I, you know, speaking to Johnny, because he actually, I forget where I saw him. I don't know. If, I forget who I saw him on with the other day. I saw some interview with him somewhere. He's a ubiquitous guy. So I saw him somewhere though. And we were talking, he was talking about, and you actually were saying to me something you walk about um, the, highest amount you've had to pay in gas to end a hex stake. And we've had our discussions obviously here before about like how untenable the ETH gas fees may get, especially for ending a hex stake, um, which is part of the big reason for Paul's chain, obviously. Um, But I ran a poll the other day just to see what, uh, you know, you got to keep in mind here. I mean, like there could be viewers who are like newer to hex. There could be old heads and stuff like that. And it was a pretty even split between having to pay a maximum um, gas fee in their lifetime with Hex of over $300 
to about like 100 to 250, even to the maximum they've had to pay being between like 25 and 75. So um, what kind of ranges have you been looking at Ewok is like the most that you've ever had to pay. And, um, you know, we're not in bullish times now, but you know, you, you've had to unstake obviously in like the top of the bull market and stuff. So what, what's some of the toughest ones you've seen? And also I've, I know you've talked about on this show before too, when you were new to hex, not totally understanding like the contract, not knowing the most optimal way to use it. You had tons of different. Oh yeah. Yeah. Stakes I'll tell you about it. Uh, you know, the first, the first several months that I was buying from the AA, I would just sit 5,000 out for this day, 5,000 out for this day, 10,000 out yeah. for this day. I yeah. mean, literally every, at one point I had stakes coming out every three days. Um, and during the, the bull market, when when the ETH gas prices were the highest, I had to pay over fourteen hundred dollars to end one of them. Oh my gosh! So wow, that was the most I had to to pay for any of them. But because they were so frequent, um, you know, and there were so many, now I finally gotten my ladder where <laughs> where it was should be, um, and I don't have that problem anymore. Um, but yeah, we were just like Johnny said, we were just throwing them out there, man. You know, cause Richard said it's, it's designed to do 10,000 X in two and a half years. So what did I do? Well, Hey, here's two and a half years. Here's to throw a bunch of them out there at that point. Um, and, and see what happens. And I, I did. And unfortunately I had to pay for it, uh, quite handsomely. So, right now the, the nice thing, the one thing about that is, and, um, you know, for people that maybe have a cursory understanding of hex or maybe haven't like staked a ton of it yet, you know, do remember too, first off that staking isn't, you don't have to do that obviously, right. but right. also remember that you do have a two week period to end it. So, um, you know, with, after that starting to lose some of your gains and things, but you know, it's not as if. Oh God, it's up and whatever, you know, whatever the gas fees are out, whatever the GUI is, is what I have to pay. So there is that flexibility anyway. So Johnny, same story as you basically. Yep. 1500. It was for 10 grand. Um, Crazy. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was bad. I, I, I've spent over probably $40,000 in gas fees. Wow. Absolutely insane. Yeah. And you know, that's something that, Pulse chain is going to be great, but Ethereum does have to figure that out. I mean, like they're, they're, that's just untenable. There's no reason for people to use that bloated of a network anymore at that point, you know. Um, and you, we've got these other layer ones and layer twos out there and everything. But the, the Pulse chain is obviously specifically for the kind of hex community and people using that. Although I think other people will be interested, obviously, in coming to that chain, which is going to be um, a lot of the interesting stuff we're going to yeah. see. So, yeah. And luckily I had enough yield um, on my stakes that I could kind of plan for the next one. I, I did it. The only hex, you know, there for the longest time that I had sold was in order to unstake. Uh, mm. So yeah. I, I was still coming out ahead of the game, you, you know, because I would end up right. restaking as much as possible uh, as much yield as, as possible. Uh, but I did have to, to burn some of the yield and switch it for ETH in order to, to unstake so that I, w I wasn't, you know, bleeding out. So, 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's game theory even involved with that too. So yeah. And remember, you know, if you are doing some kind of a staking ladder of some sort, um, you know, there's ways to do it. Luckily there's so much hex kind of education and stuff out there now that you guys, you know, weren't privy to necessarily on day one that, you know, people understand more about laddering and stuff like that. So that is good space those things out anyway. So, yeah. um, wrapping up here real quick. So yeah, we got Ewok back from the hex cruise. Uh, he was down with what 80 or 90 people you said, yeah. um, over the course of the last week, partying it up a little bit. So yeah, give us a little bit of a view of, uh, what you were into there, what kind of trouble you got yourself into and <laughs> just more importantly, even like the stickiness again, I don't know many other communities in crypto that are doing stuff like this. Now, this isn't the only Hex event. There's certainly far bigger ones than this. But just tell me a little bit about the time you had and, uh, yeah, just the, how great the community is. Well, so, you know, I was with my family, too. Uh, so mm. I didn't yeah, spend... That's a downer. Yeah. I, I didn't spend... Uh, well, no, not <laughs> a downer. I didn't spend my full time, you know, with just the Hexicans. Had I gone by myself, you know, I probably would have been you know, following somebody uh, all around com completely the whole time. But, um, you know, the very first day we all kind of met at the at the helipad um, and got the, the picture and the, the video. I think Richard even retweeted that uh, from Jory, uh, uh, yeah, his girlfriend. Yep. That's where uh, I found it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we all met there, um, had some drinks and and you know, took the video. There were certain events, uh, the, you know, the, the, one of the last days we were there, uh, there was the awards, uh, that the KSB TV had, had put up, you know, there was all, all kind of, instead of trophies or whatever, they were given NFTs. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Um, they had gotten the, uh, up on the 14th level, there was the, the private kind of, uh, sweet, not sweet, but uh, lounge area uh, that was reserved for for the hexagons for a lot of the a lot of the time. Um, I know they had an a, a event where it wasn't an event, but it was more of an educational type thing. Um, I, I missed that. I didn't get to go to that, and um, because I had booked with Royal Caribbean straight through before, I realized that. Um, black hexagon was was putting this together um i wasn't in with that group uh so they all pretty much had dinner seating in the same general vicinity uh my family was the floor below so oh, okay gotcha. I, I didn't get to get to dine with them but you know we we did certain shore offshore excursions um and there were hexagons there uh, I took my daughter to to swim with the the famous pigs of the Bahamas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about that. I forgot about that. All right. So yeah, you got to feed them and and pet them and all the good stuff. And there were several hexagons with us on that on that trip. Um, funny story. Uh, the boat was pulling out from that island to go back to catch the cruise, um, and we, we look back and there's th three hexagons still standing on the dock that had missed the boat. Uh, so the, 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 the captain actually turned it, turned it completely around for them. And then they jumped on and then we took off. So they almost, almost missed their ride home. That would have been interesting to be stuck on. That would have been very interesting. Yeah. A little bit worse than your story ended up being. Yeah. 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 But, 
but yeah, all in all, it was a good time. Uh, you know, always see people in passing, see Crypto Coffee and, um, you know, RG3 and uh, Freddie Quotes and, um, you know, SJ and KSB, the guys, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was just good to, it was neat to just see people and say hi and, uh, you know, chat like just old buds, you know. Yeah, so yeah. The, the second time I've seen a lot of them. Um, so yeah, it, it, just the stickiness that you had mentioned earlier. It's 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 crazy that how when people get into the community they see the things that are happening and and going on. It's pretty cool. Uh, there is another Pulse Chain cruise, hopefully planned mm -hmm. for December, uh, early December. Uh, if you're interested in that, um, I can post the details uh, in the comments. Maybe after the after the video, I'm pretty sure it's uh, ksb.tv uh, their website. If you check it out, uh, they're starting to kind of take reservations now for that. Uh, that's a celebrity cruise. Um, I think it's leaving out of. San Diego or LA, maybe. Oh wow! Um, so you'd have to fly to the West Coast, uh, but but yeah, it, it, it's I'm sure it's going to be a, another another good event and uh, cool time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And again, yeah, you're not seeing that with, I, to my knowledge, anyway. I don't know about many like Cardano cruises and stuff like that, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, it it is cool though. Yeah, definitely cool. Um to see and then one of those things too where it's like you know just kind of in your path of life you don't know who you're going to be linked with kind of in life or for what reason or whatever and just one of those cool things that um you know with how many differences everybody has and especially how divided people can be in this country and stuff um you know and, and even within crypto i mean like if you are, are a hex guy and you see somebody talking about zen you want to kill them you know, and vice versa. Well, not really vice versa, but you know what I mean? Like there are sectors within crypto and stuff like that. And it's good that we kind of remember that most of us have for the most part, pretty similar mindsets about this stuff. Yeah. And I think that guard is down even more when you're in person, you know, and it's just good to, Oh, uh, for sure. People get loud behind a keyboard, but once they, you know, once you see people face to face, usually if they have a beef, they, they squash it and have a beer yeah. together or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. Um, good to have you back. This has been a good episode. We got a lot done tonight. It is May, May Day. Will we see Pulse Chain this month? We shall see. We're going to be here all month either way, um, every single Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you guys are still here, hit the like. We very much appreciate you watching the stream. Um, if you catch this later on, we also put this out in podcast form on Spotify, but I think most people really are watching here on the YouTube. So uh, hit us up. I am Broke Boy Crypto. Um, you can sub to my channel. And if you're watching, of course, on Crypto Ewoks channel, he is at crypto ewok five 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 so um anything else you wanted to get to tonight ewok any kind of final messages before we get off the air here no man i'm 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 good i'm just anxious for a launch hopefully we see it by the next episode yeah well it uh definitely feels close this is going to be a fun month either way i think we can definitely say that we've got what one two three four more episodes probably this month coming up so um that's gonna do it for us we will catch you next wednesday night the 10th at 8 p.m eastern standard time for crypto we walk this has been broke boy crypto on the creed of crypto podcast <laughs>